Hello everyone, this is Rodell, and welcome to my podcast, High Powered Play. While I intend to discuss a variety of RPGs in this podcast, for the first few episodes, I will be focusing on my favorite RPG setting and the one I feel most qualified discussing, Exalted. My goal is to post one episode a week, every Monday, but I can't guarantee I'll always meet that deadline. For this episode, I want to provide tips on creating an exalted campaign as a new storyteller. This is obviously not the only way to create a campaign, and it's not even necessarily the only one I've ever used, but it is a good start if you don't know where to begin. Once you have more experience, you can experiment more with the creative process. And without further ado, let's get started. So first off, I assume that you and your players have settled upon what you want your campaign to be about in the broadest sense. For the sake of this example, we'll say that everyone has agreed to make the campaign about the players liberating the land from realm oppression and work from there. There are obviously many other campaign concepts that you could work with, such as nation building, globe trotting adventures, and even plunging into the depths of Malfi's. But currently, there is far more material in 3rd edition for this style of play than any other, so it requires the least amount of work to implement for a storyteller. The Central Conflict As a storyteller, you should start off by defining what the central conflict of your campaign is. You and your players have decided that your campaign will focus on the players liberating the satrapy from the Imperial Yoke. The obvious question here is what does the satrapy have that the realm wants? Obviously, the ruling satrap demands tribute far in excess of what the people can or is willing to provide, and that's going to be at the heart of the narrative. But what specifically does the satrapy have that would be of use to the realm? A staple crop? A natural resource? Raw materials? Knowing exactly what the satrapy is expected to offer in tribute can color your campaign, giving it context and depth well beyond the realm simply demanding an arbitrary quantity of unspecified goods. It can also serve as story ideas both for you as a storyteller and the players. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, you create your own satrapy rather than one detailed in the books. That gives you a lot of leeway in deciding what the fundamental points of tension are between the realm and the satrapy in the story, as well as where your campaign is taking place. Let us say a new jade deposit has been recently discovered in a satrapy we will call Amber. Well, jade must be mined from the ground, and mining is a very hazardous and arduous line of work. You're talking about backbreaking labor, often in sweltering conditions, that involves moving around tons of earth in a setting where advanced mechanical assistance is rare. One way to do mining cheaply is to force people to do the job for little or no money, but what would help with that is a pretext to justify the abuse. Let us say that the local satrap is cracking down on a heretical cult native to the land so that they can be sentenced to forced labor in the jade mines. This is consistent with the realm's policy of combating heretical cults, which many of the locals as adherents of the Immaculate Philosophy may agree with, and thus serve as a convenient excuse. But maybe not everyone being convicted is a member of this cult. Maybe the satrap is so desperate to find more people to work the mines that they are pressuring the local government to prosecute people on trumped-up charges in order to meet a certain quota and or replace laborers who died due to dismal conditions of the mines. To make matters worse, there is a terrifying supernatural threat that plagues the mining operation. The realm is too general, in my opinion, to be a primary antagonist. 
You should probably narrow this down to a specific house and your choice of house should be meaningful and relevant to the central themes and goals of your campaign. Each house has its own flavor, its own modus operandi, as one might put it. Different houses favor different tactics. Cesus and Ladal emphasize espionage. Sinus often utilizes drugs and blackmail. Regard uses finance to make sure everybody owes them money. These features are things you should keep in mind when deciding which house to pick as the primary antagonist and how to roleplay members of said house. Let's say the Satrap of Amber is managed by House Cathic. I'm choosing House Cathic for a variety of reasons. First off, Cathic is a very militant and faith-oriented house with many imperial legions that it must pay to maintain, and it is deeply indebted to House Regara. It is perfectly consistent with House Cathic's motives, tactics, beliefs, and political situation that they would force heretics into hard labor for purposes of paying off debt. Furthermore, because House Cathic is militarily powerful, I can plausibly justify the placement of a strong military presence within or near the satrapy, which complicates any attempts by players to simply rely on brute force solutions to liberate it. The players will have to gather allies, engage in guerrilla warfare, and sabotage Catholic operations in the region if they hope to best their enemy. So obviously this story isn't taking place on the Blessed Isle. I think we can safely rule out the West as well. If I was going to tell a story in the West, I'd almost certainly use House Peleps or maybe House Veneve as the primary antagonist, given their significant naval power relative to the other houses. Maybe Ladal if the campaign was specifically taking place on the call. That leaves the North, the East, specifically the scavenger lands, the South, and the areas in between as the best options. You may wish to consult your players at this point before deciding on where to locate the satrapy. For the sake of this example, we'll say that Amber is located in the scavenger lands because, of course, we'll place it to the west of Sejin near the inner sea. That allows players to play characters from potentially any of the scavenger land city-states or even some parts of the north and give the storyteller an option to smoothly transition the campaign into the outlying regions if desired. So now you have a central conflict, a primary antagonist, and a setting. Now it is time for player buy-in. Notice that up to this point, we have been vague on the details. I haven't, for example, given any details on the nature of the heretical cult that the Catholics are oppressing or what the dangers lie at the mines. This level of flexibility in your setting's premise allows room for players to add details in a brainstorming session. Players should also come into this with a general concept to start with rather than a specific character. For the sake of brevity, let's assume there are only two players, Jane and Joe. Jane knows she wants to play a full moon lunar who has an axe to grind against the realm, and has a solar mate that in their current incarnation is an abyssal. Joe, on the other hand, wants to play a Zenith cast solar who is a spiritual leader in his community. As a storyteller, I would suggest to Jane that maybe she specify the nature of her aggression towards the realm to be against House Catholic or a specific member of it. Jane agrees, and so we decide to write in her backstory that members of House Catholic led a wild hunt against her that led to the destruction of her village. I'll ask Jane whether or not any specific person from House Catholic was responsible for leading the Wild Hunt. Based on her description, I'll try to find a way to integrate that character into the campaign. There's a lot of ways I could do this. 
I could make them the satrap that oversees Amber, but it doesn't sound plausible that a satrap would have been involved in a wild hunt that would have presumably taken place only a few years ago, particularly if Jane's character wasn't within the immediate vicinity of Amber at the time. They would have had more important matters to attend to. Instead, I decide to make the character the head of the mining operations of the Jade Deposit. I don't tell Jane I'm doing this. I want it to be a surprise for her and the character when she finds this out. I would also note that the nearest Death Lord to Amber is the Mask of Winters, so we could make her mate an abyssal in his service. This has the added benefit of allowing me to add a secondary antagonist into the narrative. As for Joe, I would note to him that I've left the details of the nature of the heretical cult that the Catholics are oppressing vague, so it would be easy for his character to fill the role of a spiritual leader within the cult and allow him to help define its exact nature in a way that makes sense for his character including what type of god they worship. Joe decides that since he's going to be a survival supernal, it makes sense that the people worship some sort of nature deity, and that deity in question identifies as female. We'll call her Cetrion, a local fertility goddess. And yes, I did take that name straight out of Mortal Kombat 11. I asked the players whether they have any other suggestions for the campaign. Jane says she wants to see the Fair Folk play a role, so I note down that the Fair Folk will be the supernatural menace that threatens the miners, taking them captive and feeding off of their dreams. Joe says he has invested points in lore and war, and would like to personally be involved in training a resistance, so I note that down as a plot point to pursue. So now both players' characters have a strong motivation to boot the realm from Amber, and since both players played an active role in shaping how their characters interact with the narrative, they are invested. Scenarios Scenarios are just situations that you place the player characters in that they will presumably resolve. It can be difficult coming up with them initially, but for me at least, this got easier with time. If possible, start the campaign with a good half dozen or more scenarios. Keep them broad enough that you could adjust and insert them at any point that you find suitable. A good starting point is to come up with what I call a tone setter. This is a scene that should occur in the first session, possibly even the first scene, that sets the tone for the rest of the campaign, or at least the current story arc. Since we decided that the central antagonist is going to be House Catholic, and they are forcing people into labor mines on accusations of heresy, I have the players stumble upon an incident where local government officials are trashing the family's house in search of evidence of heresy. Whether a Catholic dynast or other dragon blood is present is up to you. Evidence is found in the form of some sort of trinket associated with the local fertility coat. We will say it's an idol of the fertility goddess Cetrion herself carved in wood. We will also say in this case the evidence is fabricated and the government officials are using this as an excuse to only arrest the eldest son in the family claiming they found it amongst his things specifically. They are just looking to meet the quota for workers, so there is no so there's no point in them taking the whole family. The players could do something about the situation on the spot, and Jane wants to, but Joe notes that while they could easily take these on these government officials, it could make matters worse for the villagers, especially if they are revealed to be anathema. You don't want to force a particular solution for the players. However, it sometimes makes things more interesting if you make the otherwise obvious and simplest solution more difficult. The players could try to persuade the guards, for example, to just let the young man go, but that does not sound plausible. 
I would give the leader of the government officials a relevant major intimacy that would discourage such persuasion, a decent resolve, and the option to spend a point of willpower if necessary to prevent attempts by the players to convince him to just yet let the young man go. Beyond that, though, I wouldn't put any restrictions on how the players can approach the problem. Joe might suggest using his larceny skills to bust the young man out of jail later, or Jane might try to steal the face of the government official to get the man out. Or the players may decide to do nothing at all. That's an option too. If players simply ignore a problem that they are presented with, it might be a good idea to ask why at the end of the session. It could be due to a lack of interest, a lack of creativity on part of the players, or other reasons that should be worth considering when developing future scenarios. Another important type of scenario you need to come up with are ones that highlight the player characters either in terms of their abilities or their narrative. Joe's character is a priest in the cult of Cetrion, so it makes sense that Cetrion would request Joe's character to liberate the miners. I decided the player characters are on their way to meet Cetrion so she could make such a request when they are walking through the village and encounter the scene of the young man being arrested. Cetrion explains once the player characters arrive that she has worked powerful sorcery on a nearby valley that will allow her to hide the miners from the dragon-blooded and amber government officials. These miners can safely be trained there to build a resistance army. The player characters of course agree to help. Once they get to the mines, Jane's character soon discovers that the Catholic dragon-blooded that led the wild hunt against her is running the mining operation. In this particular case, I've managed to create a narrative highlight for both characters in one go. This is easier to do if the characters have related interests which we established in player buy-in earlier. Other scenarios I could conceivably use include the players dealing with the Fairfolk Raiders that are attacking the miners, attempts by Halcesis to undermine Catholic operations by causing mine collapses, the players revealing to the public that House Catholic is fabricating evidence of heresy for cheap labor and taking out Thorn operatives in Amber's government who are trying to prepare the satchel for an invasion.